This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Happy Friday, Raider Nation. It's time for the weekend. That means, what? We're just a little bit away from some football tomorrow as the Raiders roll down to South Beach. Yeah, they're rolling. Are they having drinks, Mo? Are they? No, they're there for football. And we're here to talk about Raiders football. Mo Moten, he is the national uh, NFL reporter from Bleacher Report. Also, the Raiders columnist at SportsNot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at MOE. M-O-T-U-N. You can see it right there on the screen if you're watching us, or you can follow me at LV Gully. If you're listening to us on our audio feed, subscribe, please give us a five-star rating. Also, if you're on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Okay, enough of that stuff. But we are here on this Friday because we're going to give you the gift of knowledge so that when you tune in to the Raiders game tomorrow night, you can focus in on a couple guys who might be fighting for their roles or for a couple guys we think we just want to see play to see where they're at. So, Mo, let's dive in and talk about the top three guys. We'll start with your first player, um, if you will, please. Inform folks of who you're going to be keying in on uh, tomorrow night when the Raiders kick off in Miami. I briefly mentioned him on during Thursday's show, Rakia Sin, who came back to practice on Wednesday. A lot of Rakia Sin to start. Um, I'm not as uh, high saying that he's going to be a lock there simply because if Anthony Averett is on the field, I think he has a chance to kind of wrestle some snaps away from him. Had an up and down year last year with the Colts. He's basically the third cornerback on that depth chart. So I want to see how well he plays. Is he back up to speed after missing some time? Uh, can he solidify that starting role? And basically start the season off on the right foot. I think it's very important for him to get some snaps because, again, he has to get back up to speed. Absolutely. Uh, and that's a good one. Best name in football still. Still my favorite name. I wanted the Raiders just to draft him so I could say the name a lot. That's how much I like his name. But, yes, huge player uh, with such upside. And so I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I want to see him out there. I want to see him. I want to see Trayvon Mullen a little bit coming off that foot injury. I want to see him break full on that foot and see how it works uh, in the game of play. So we'll see that. My first guy I'm going to give you is someone you also mentioned on Thursday's show, and we've actually talked a lot about over the last week, and that is running back Kenyon Drake. 
I think he's fighting for a roster spot. He might already be, oh my gosh, there's a fly in my studio. He might already be uh, on the outside looking in. So to me, as you so uh, finally pointed out last show, Mo, if he plays a lot of snaps, I mean a lot of snaps in this game against Miami tomorrow night, that tells me they are actively shopping him, trying to get out a little bit of that salary so they can go out and spend and either trade or sign free agents to fill some of those defensive spots and, of course, address some depth on that offensive line. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. It's it's a matter of if he's playing three quarters with a bunch of third stringers, that's a red flag. But um, just to bounce back off of um, your pick, my second guy, Bilal Nichols, um, yeah. like Rocky Yassin, came back to practice on Wednesday, spent a lot of time on the pup list. The Raiders fans obviously – Happy to see him back because the defensive line has been the talk uh, leading up to this game tomorrow. So mm-hmm. I want to see what he's got. Can he can he fix some of the problems in run defense? Can he uh, apply some pressure on the interior? Because the Raiders need that between Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. I, I think he's probably the most important defensive li- interior defensive lineman on that roster because he has the ability to play on all three downs. He has the ability to stop the run and rush the passer. And I think if he shows that, it'll quell some of the concerns Raiders fans have about the interior of the defensive line. Yes, absolutely. All right, moving to mine, my second player to watch in this Dolphins-Raiders matchup, it's Jermaine Illuminor. I want to see him at right tackle. I want to see him out there um, because I think he has the opportunity to win that job. Uh, And if he can play well enough, he might be able to just save the Raiders some money so that they can invest it in other places. They still need some depth there. I still would like to see them, as we've said for two weeks now, sign a veteran for that offensive line, especially that right side. Um, but, but Mo, I know you've talked a lot about his performance. I like what he's done. I like the improvement. I like everything about what he's done. Does he make some mistakes? Of course he does. Every offensive lineman does. It's not an easy position to play. But his progression to me has been pretty impressive through this training camp and in through these two games. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that he could play inside and outside, I think, is valuable to the team. Uh, I think he could be their emergency right tackle if they aren't completely sold on Thea Mumford or Alex Edwood. I think he's probably the the safest guy to put there unless they bring in someone else off the scrap heap. I think they trust him because he's played with the yeah. Patriots for two years. He played the right tackle position under Josh McDaniels, and they brought him back for a reason. Now, if he's your starter, it, he's more of a placeholder than a long-term solution, but at least you can depend on him, right? Well, and, that, and, uh, and the depth, right? Because even mm-hmm. though Josh McDaniel said they had depth, um, this, but he is there. If he, can, if he can play solid at right tackle, then you say, okay, now if we go get a guy, if, we, if there's somebody out there that we can go come in who's a bona fide starter there, because Illuminor can move around to your point, now you start to build that kind of depth you need in the trenches to really win up front. Yeah, and he and I said this on a previous show. He reminds me of Denzel Good, where yeah. you, he could play a right tackle, he could play inside. He's reliable, versatile, and I think with Denzel Good retired now, he's the new Denzel Good coming coming in, coming back to the Rays, I should say, under the new regime. But just to stay on that right tackle position, the third guy that I'll be looking at is whoever starts at the position, whether it's Jermaine Luminar <laughs> or Thea Mumford or Alex Leatherwood, just the quick update on the position to Sean Reed the athletic said on Wednesday that Thea Mumford took most of the first team reps before he he got banged up late in practice and Alex Leatherwood was mostly with the backups 
So there were a lot of people on our post game show on after the Vikings game saying, "Oh, just because Alex Leatherwood was playing with third and fourth stringers doesn't mean anything. He could start week one." And I think it's clear that he he is not in the front running position for that spot. No, I mean we started off training camp where he was taking, uh, he was behind Brandon Parker. Brandon Parker before he got hurt was taking most of the first team reps. Now he's taking most of the backup reps, and Dan Mumford is taking most of the first team reps in a recent practice. That should tell you something. So whoever starts at right tackle against Miami, that may tell us a lot about how the Raiders feel about the position and who's the front runner there. That's a great point. By the way, still nothing on Brandon Parker. I know Raider Nation kind of doesn't care. They'd like him to go away. But interesting that we've heard zero about it, maybe because people realize he's not the answer there, and so they don't care as much. But usually you get some sort of update, but that's not a good sign for him uh, that, that no one's even talking about. Nobody asks the question, uh, and the coaches haven't given us an update either. I think it's a sign that either he is actually going to eventually go on IR, because usually mm-hmm. sometimes a player gets hurt and you don't hear anything about it. It's real quiet. It kind of reminds me of Rich, uh, Richie Incognito last year. Yes. Remember, he great, got great, hurt. Yeah, great example. Yeah. You didn't hear a lot about him. It was kind of tight-lipped. I think Brandon Parker, if he's not back at practice in the next week, it's a possibility he may he may actually go on IR. The interesting thing, though, if they were really worried about Brandon Parker, I'm not sure why they wouldn't bring in a right tackle if they felt like he would be gone for the year because they did yeah. sign him to a decent contract for a backup. So I felt like if they were really concerned about him, they would bring in at least a right tackle for a trial, and they haven't done that yet. So it's, yeah. it's up in the air with him. I don't know what's going on there. So, Mo, my, my third guy is a guy, this is because I have a soft place in my heart for him, and I know you do too, and, and it's not been going well for him, and that is a Meek Robertson. Uh, I think Meek Robertson uh, this week's probably playing for his job, period, for you know just to, to be around because and to extend it another week. He's, he's the odd man out. He has not played well, um, and I think the chances are slim, but I'm going to be watching just to see because a um, kid like that who, who I talked to early on when he was drafted – uh, you like to see something good happen, and maybe it's not. Maybe this isn't the place for him. But you'd like to see him at least put some good film together so that he could maybe catch on somewhere on a practice squad and continue his career. Yeah, and I wrote about that at the beginning of the week that I think Sam. I have Sam Webb ahead of Amik Robinson. I think actually Sam Webb could leapfrog Amik Robinson and cause Amik Robinson to lose his roster spot. And I, and I own up to that. A lot of Raiders fans know I I've been the guy who said give Amik a chance and. Maybe he could show you something, but after his performance against the Vikings, I, I I can't defend him anymore. He had two mental errors, as I pointed out, the play action play where he bit on that, and then he had a holding penalty. It's just not a good look with a coaching staff that's harped so much on details and not making mental errors. And he made two mental errors on one drive. It just it just wasn't a good look. And as you said, I, I don't think he even if he has a decent game against the Dolphins, I still have trouble putting him on the roster. It just could be a showcase that Maybe he can catch on somewhere else. Another team will like what he did. Yeah, that's what you got to hope for is that he can put some, you know, put some good film together so that your most recent stuff is good and you can catch on, maybe get on yeah. a practice squad and stick around. I mean, that's a lot of guys do that. Sometimes stick around for four or five years before they they get back on an active roster and, and contribute. So uh, hopefully that happens.